This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. Hello, and welcome to the Theology Gaming Podcast, or DiabloCast, as we're going to call it. My name is Zachary Oliver, the owner and proprietor of the Theology Gaming Blog, and with me today are three special guests. I'm M. Joshua Collar. That's, 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 that's your, your cue to go, Brian. Brian. Oh, I'm special. I mean, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> and I am the only one not playing Diablo 3, but I'm here. This is Ted Boring. No, you've broken the illusion, Ted. <laughs> no, 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 no. Ted, no, Ted is... Ted is our I, official spirit animal. He's the one who has who has rah. braved Diablo, and uh, <laughs> he has he has experience with Diablo. So we don't have to really worry about him. He he is here. Just he's he's. I'm not sure whether a spirit animal is more accurate, or he, just to say he's our Mr. Miyagi. I am Mr. Miyagi. Why do we always end up by myself in this place? Analog joystick right. Analog joystick left. Go back, go back. <laughs> Well, Ted actually is one of the more accomplished of us because he's actually killed Diablo before. Like me. You did it as well, but I did it a year ago. I don't remember anything. No. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't I don't get the impression that, that uh, actually doing things in Diablo is memorable and out of themselves. Well, unless you pump up the difficulty to all kinds of levels, but that's just me. Go in the cave. Okay, I we're just... going into the cave. Okay. <laughs> all right, so what are we going to talk about today? Well, um, the thing that I thought would be really, really good to talk about was, uh, since we're playing Diablo, is the, the subject of Eternal Destinations. Um, and I, I know, that, of course, we talked about in the last Diablo cast that the, the eschatology and the, the spiritual view of, of heaven and hell and all those things is much more, um, as Zach said, was Mantikean, uh as opposed to Christian. Um, but um, really got me thinking about, like, what is uh, a good spiritual perspective of what happens with heaven and hell? Um, what, what is our, uh, our kind of like approach to that from a healthy Christian perspective, considering the popular Christian perspective, of course, is just to say, uh, yeah, you just go to heaven when you die. And that's really what's, what's important about being a Christian or something, or at least that's what, that's what my, uh, 10 year old just saved brain thought when I was a kid. And, uh, I know that a lot of people still kind of just stay there. It's like, so yeah, that's, that's what, what, what being a Christian is about. Jesus died so that you can go to heaven when you die. Yeah, which is super weird to me now. I mean, I was raised in a tradition that also taught the same thing. Yeah, and, and that's and that's just so far from, from where I'm at myself, either, even right now, too. But I figured um, that would be a good, good segue to ask the main question. What do you guys believe happens when you die? What is heaven? When we're yeah. talking about it, what are we talking about? Yeah, definitions. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Very much uh, like Aristotle. Let's define it. (laughs) (laughs) So who's going to go first? Well, you're not going to find it through empirical research, that's for sure. Yeah. (laughs) Well, actually, I I just came back from the lab, and I just – I've discovered heaven in a test tube. (laughs) (laughs) So So that's where we're all going. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So what kind of beverage is it? <laughs> well, you know, it actually has sort of a, a fruity lemon lime flavor, so it was, it was quite surprising. Uh, you know what, Ted? That is not and, a test tube. That is mellow yellow. Oh, oh, I see. I was wondering why heaven was carbonated. I mean, of course, whenever we start talking about heaven and and uh, any of this subject, the first thing that we want to go to is what what does the Bible say about it? Right. Um, because uh, you know, obviously, the word heaven is is used many, many, many times in the Bible. Um, but the question is, what does the Bible even really say about it? Because, and, and of course, we really want to go to what what did Jesus say, even more specifically? Because uh, obviously, Jesus is the expert on the subject. Um, so, what does he actually say? If I were to say, what does Jesus say about heaven, Ted? What would you say? Well, if you read. I think Matthew is one that talks a lot about where, where Jesus is talking about what his kingdom is like. He, he refers to uh, to heaven as, as being his kingdom. And that's or why he uses the word the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for being more specific. Um, the, the Beatitudes, for example, talk about that, like what his kingdom is like or what the kingdom of heaven is like. And it's it sounds a lot like it's upside down from everything that we believe and hold dear about this kingdom or this yeah, world like, that we're in. Blessed are those who mourn, 
Blessed are those who, um, who are hungry uh, and thirst for justice, as in those who don't have it. It's like really weird things because that's not typically what we would think of when we think of uh, heaven when we die. Yay, morning! Um, <laughs> so apparently, I, I'd say that apparently, especially from, from my, my perception of it, is that Jesus isn't really um, talking about heaven when you die as much as his heavenly reality in, in the here and now. Yeah, there's actually more than one dimension, so to speak, to to what you might describe as heaven. If if you know Jesus and and you are in communication and relationship with God, you could say on some levels that you are experiencing heaven. Yeah, and of course that's here. how Jesus starts in uh, in the book of Mark. Uh, it says that he starts proclaiming this gospel: the kingdom of God is now at hand. At hand, repent and believe. Mm-hmm. And and that's uh, actually I think that in Mark it's the kingdom of God is what he calls it. So um, it's a little bit different in each one of the books of uh, of the Gospels. And uh, the book of John, he describes it as as his house, you know, his father's house, or uh, a place, you know, as a place. Uh, it's John fourteen, I think, is actually a real comfort when you're going through grieving or mourning. Yeah, when yeah. when it says uh, you know my father's house, there's many rooms, and if it wasn't so, I wouldn't have told you. And I'm going there to prepare a place for you. If I go to prepare a place for you, I'll come back and take you to be with me, uh, so that you can be where I am. That's exactly. that's pretty cool. Hmm. Yeah. So those those are the, the the kind of the popular things that that people go to uh, when it comes to the, the scriptures. But then then you have some some really really weird strange texts. That just throw you for a loop, like the uh, what what some people call the parable of the rich man and Lazarus. Yeah. Where I, yeah. I know people who take that directly as a theological construct of how reality actually works, so that there's really a heaven and a hell that are next to each other, or that's before Jesus died and rose again. Depends on what you're talking about. Yeah, All right. There's, there's sort of a, a Hebrew concept of, of death and yeah, and heaven and hell. It's a little different from the Christian concept. I was at one of my my uh, best friend's uh, dad's funerals, and uh, his his pastor was was preaching about Abraham's bosom as an actual place, and I was very confused. Uh, a question: Where are you guys? <laughs> I yeah, lost, that's actually. I lost you at some point. Yeah, <laughs> at some point. Um, I think. I think you guys are are straight up north. I, I see a person. Oh, there there's Brian. He is uh he is randomly taking on a giant savage the beast. Wait, you guys just kept going north? I think Brian yeah. is kind of this rogue guy that just goes off on his own. Wait, Everybody's just... always saying, "Where's Brian? Where's Brian?" <laughs> weren't you supposed to go in one of the caves? I don't know. What are we supposed to do? It says search for the Khazar. Oh, I guess. Well, you could have went in some of the crypts. They have loot in there. You know, this is a level of teamwork that is unprecedented. <laughs> this, this, we are an, an amazing team we've come to find. Uh, and by amazing, I mean Awful? not so amazing. Yeah. <laughs> what the heck? You know, Brian is always charging ahead. That's always the problem. See, I'm methodical, and I go all the way around an area, and I just loot everything. I think a lot of that has to do with what classes we've chosen, because Brian's obviously chosen the, uh, the half-naked, I'm going to run into the middle of battle and beat dudes up. Class. No, the monk is super effective at being a tank, so it's actually not a bad pairing. You know. So we have a, a witch doctor, female. We have a, a monk. That's me. Okay. And Zachary's the monk? I'm oh, a Z- wizard. Oh, you're a wizard. And Brian, <laughs> you're a, a short skirted monk? Short skirted monk. Bald, oh, also. Kind of naked. I feel good. Well. I don't know if your legs are shaved or not, but I'm sure they look great. He feels the breeze. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit breezy. He's wearing the kilt. Uh, a line from one of the movies I hate most, it blows about like a windsock. Uh, wow. Is... wow. Roy, wow. what is that? I don't know what that is. Okay. I'm what not movie sure. is that? <laughs> Cut that out or not. What? Oh. Huh? What, what is the movie? Uh, the Taylor of Panama. I hate that movie with a passion. No. If you watch it, it, you will also know why. <laughs> sounds, I don't want to know about windsocks. <laughs> yeah, me either. <laughs> it's I like, assumed you were talking about the airport. No, it's like uh, Pierce Brosnan is like a bank robber or something, and he's like 
He's like the evil James Bond. It's super is, weird. Is, isn't that the Thomas Crown Affair? No, Thomas Crown Affair, he's just kind of like a suave, bored businessman who steals paintings for a hobby. Oh. But in this movie, he's actively a bad person. Pierce Brosnan will always be the bad guy in Mrs. Doubtfire to me. <laughs> oh, yeah, he is. <laughs> yeah, Pierce Brosnan. Trying, trying to steal Sally Field. <laughs> <laughs> so what does Pierce Brosnan have to do with the afterlife? Yeah, no, that's actually a really good segue. Um, <laughs> <laughs> or or not a good segue at all, but I appreciate the compliment. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, Wait, why are there so many enemies on the screen? Right I don't now? even I don't understand know. why. Where are they coming from? So, so that that brings up uh, and brings us back to the question. So, what do you guys? So, what do you, Zachary? Um, what is your expectation of what's going to happen when you die? Okay, so I grew up in Baptist circles, evangelical specifically. So I was taught that there's like a pre-tribulation rapture, and everybody gets taken up. And there's a literal heaven and hell that people get sent to based on whether or not they accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. So I believe in the basic concept, but I'm not so sure about the end time stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, that but makes, the that makes mechanics a lot of, sense. of it are a bit strange to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and I, I came from kind of a very similar perspective, or at least that was my introduction to... to uh, the end of all things and and my expectations, but it still came back to that that core concept that if when I die, um, the real show, the real main event is that I'm going to sit as a disembodied spirit in heaven and watch all of my family members uh, and children and grandchildren and my grandchildren's children uh, do life while I just kind of sit there in heaven. Yeah, or feeling- soul sleep, or soul sleep. I don't know which one. Right, and that's and that's a little bit more where I've leaned since then. I, I hate the term soul sleep because that creates a weird dichotomy and preoccupation in your brain of like. Oh, Ted, wait. do you know what soul sleep is, or Brian, either one? No, go for it. I mean, I have I I can take a guess, and you can tell me if we're talking about the same thing. But if you're talking about, uh, like, say, for example, uh, my wife that had passed away. Uh, the second coming of Christ has not happened yet on, on, on this Earth's timeline, so that she could be in some say, state of soul sleep awaiting that moment. Yes, you are quite okay. correct. That sounds like limbo. It's it does sound like limbo, and that's and that's the problem that I have with with it, the, the 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 understanding and the expectation of it. But the the my attitude, my approach towards it is is very much along the lines of because the everything that I find in the scriptures that Jesus talks about is about bride the bridegroom and the bride getting together and the the extreme anticipation of the reconciliation of all things and the beauty of the resurrection of of all of humanity and god just bringing everything back back together and making every setting everything right um and and just bringing justice where there's been injustice and if that's the preoccupation then then why does everyone talk about this supposed limbo-ish form of heaven where you're just waiting for... Well, I think what we're trying to do as human beings, we're trying to wrap our concept of time around an eternal concept, which is heaven. So we're trying to make heaven and death fit into our timeline of when when Christ comes again. Yeah, it's the second time I've died Josh has literally died. (laughs) Josh, are you Okay. (laughs) <laughs> I, I'm 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 actually just a disembodied. Oh, I'm, I'm I, I resurrected. I was disembodied spirit for a little bit, but I am back now. Oh, sheesh! I got we got all these crazy mean guys coming after us. It's, it's yeah, pretty rough. The random elites are pretty tough in this game. They're actually tougher I, than all the bosses combined. Huh? So that's what we're doing now is we're we're beating random elites. We're we're we're, we're for those of those of you guys who can't see what's going on right now, we're we're trying to make these giant. Uh, beastly horned mammoths this one in, in this case is gruel torturer of souls I'm trying to make him explode and uh just turn into meat and uh, there we go there's Yay, the meat, meat. <laughs> i got a heater shield don't equip the shield the sheet the shield uh it uh heats me up nice. what's a heater shield what is that so there's an air conditions shield in this game or cooler <laughs> <laughs> shield yeah. heater shield I don't depends, think they're trying. Depends what the options are for the yeah, shield. Yeah, it's when, like when the you go home shield buying of demon 
home or decoration. you could buy it from a used shield lot where a used shield salesman is saying, hey, this one's got a great heater, but try out this model. Free master Ain't she a beauty? Purchase. What's it going to take for me to have you take this shield home today? Is that a living tree? Okay, it is. Yeah, that is that is a tree that, I guess that's kind of like a tree ant. No, it's a wood wraith. So, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, Ted, what, what, what were you saying about uh, what happens uh, or what, what our approach is? Just the difficulty of trying to articulate... Um, yeah, I think we're trying to articulate something that is maybe not able to be articulated. I don't know how it all works. I know yeah. that when Christ was hanging on the cross, uh, talking to the thief that said, remember me, he said to him, you know, this day you'll be with me in paradise. And, so and, and there is a little bit of dispute of whether or not he says, I assure you to this day, or if he's saying, I assure you this day. You know what I mean? Like, if you put a comma in there, you can completely change, like, what, what's actually the preoccupation of what he's saying. Yeah, if you're doing that in English, you could say that, yeah. Yeah, that's I, true. I, I mean, it's, it's pretty easy that you could look at that in the original language and probably get a, a good good understanding of that. I'll yeah, look at that. That's valid. Um, and, and, of course, the other the other argument against the whole concept of what they call soul sleep or or just, just as I would I would put, put the, the focus of it is um, – once you die, you enter into uh, kind of an, the, the eternal reality of just just as if when you you die, the immediate next spiritual reality is uh, the reconciliation of all of all creation, and and that's just how I look at what Paul says when he says um, uh, to be with to be absent from the body is to be present with Christ. Because um, that's yeah. that's that's of course the the core. Uh, scripture in question when you start talking about uh well, Brian, again hello? soul Brian. sleep yeah no. yeah I, I have some personal investment in this just because I, i've been yeah. through it with somebody else and yeah and, that, and that's more, really what we're talking about too is, right. and that's something that we need to be sensitive to is that what's when we're talking about destination, somebody to say that uh, shannon is is with jesus right now and experiencing his reality or that shannon is in a soul sleep waiting to experience his reality yeah exactly yeah. exactly Oh, I'm also, glad she's sleeping well. <laughs> also, it seems like an overly convoluted way to explain something that doesn't make sense. Yeah. So, you know, I just trust. I mean, that's what faith is, of course, is trust. Uh, I was actually with her when, you know, she left this world, and I knew that she was no longer here. I know that, you know, we're just a shell, basically. We're a tent, as uh, as Paul described us. It's a temporary thing, and she went into the reality the 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 real reality so to yeah, say yeah that's that's a really good way of putting it yeah um is going into is going into the re- real reality and and that that's actually and, and that's what makes it so so hard to really effectively um parse the subject and why the subject we 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 have such a strong preoccupation with heaven when you die is because our family members are not you know those those who passed away aren't with us and it's not easy it's not easy to wrap your mind around that or, 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 or to, to know how to approach that oh, at death. Yeah, yeah. So I, I have certainly been influenced probably by, uh, by Lewis in some of the ways he wrote about heaven and you know described this world that we're in as sort of the shadowlands and as heaven being the place where this is just a, a shadow of and the real thing is to come. I really like that. Uh, if you've ever read the last battle, the the yeah, the last battle also of, pretty good of the Narniad. I learned that word recently that uh, scholars call the Chronicles of Narnia the Narniad. <laughs> the Narniad. Um, that, that that's what sounds, they call it, man. That is a uh, weird name. If you want to sound like yeah. a big dork, use that term. Is that what I just did? <laughs> yeah, like right. Homeric, you know that kind of thing. Well, I'm actually taking a course on uh, Lewis and Tolkien right now. So cool. I might be I might be over quoting them or referring to them a lot, but I love how at the end of the last battle, the the, the last few chapters, they're actually a great comfort to me. How they finally realize that the that the old is past and that they're in the new place, but yet it seems so familiar to what they're yeah, used to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, they're so excited about it, and then they start running, and they I think they say something to the effect of higher up and further in, or something to that yeah, uh, extent. Yeah, absolutely. And it just gets better and better. The the more they run into this new land, it just gets more and more wonderful. And that's uh, and that's like really that. echoing of what what the uh, conclusion of of the scriptures at large all end at the new Jerusalem, at the 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 new the new heavens and the new earth. 
and trying to draw a, a picture of that that's that's really hard to follow if you're if I'm being completely honest. Um, but the the it's, it's clear to me that the the preoccupation of the scriptures is that there is a new heaven and a new earth. It's not just new heaven; it's also a new earth because yeah. we have physical resurrected bodies. Yeah, I think I tried to explain this to someone, and they were like, "Wow, I never thought of it that way." Like they hadn't actually looked at what the scripture actually said and made the conclusion themselves. They just kind of listened to who taught them about revelation and that sort of thing. Yeah. So it was just a revelation to them when they saw like, and there will be a new heaven and new earth and all that sort of, it was like bizarre. And that's a really good, a really good uh, point of instruction is don't listen to us. Just go read the Bible yourself. (laughs) Yeah. Um. Make your own conclusions. (laughs) We're, 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 we're knee-deep in Diablo here. Yeah, we're knee-deep <laughs> in the demonic and the dead. <laughs> you guys are descending into hell, just like yeah. it says in some Apostles' Creeds. And we're so. helping an opportunistic miner uh, get us loot so that we can kill demons. Yeah, oh, so. that guy. I remember him. <laughs> Find the you're, you're on a side quest, basically, aren't you? That's not even I, related to the main story. I legitimately have no idea what I'm doing. I'm just throwing corpse spiders at things. <laughs> I just remember uh, playing it on the Xbox 360, and I was very satisfied when I would use the right trigger button because that was some special move that would just make this wave of devastation all around. Oh, yeah, yeah. What, so, what class were you playing as, Ted? You know, I, I don't recall. I'll have to turn it on. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Oh, oh, hey, guys, how about a little side side quest story of mine. You remember when I yeah. went on my camping trip with my son, quote unquote camping trip? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. So yeah. how was, how so, was uh, Borderlands 2? So there we go. So I get, uh, you know, his Xbox 360, my Xbox 360. We pack and it's, my wife is looking at us packing a sleeping bag and stuff like that and a television and a second <laughs> television. And, uh, <laughs> So, well, we get it all packed up. We drive out to the to the mountains. We arrive at the cabin, and we set everything up. We put the games in. I brought like a um, uh, a router thing, so we both plugged into the router and went to System Link, and it worked perfect. I mean, we connected, and uh, I, I've basically I'm I don't get seasick when I play a first person shooter with somebody else. It's weird. Oh so, wow. I just kind of follows that person around and sort of help protect them from from behind while they do a lot of the the grunt work. Yeah, and, but it, it was truly a blast playing that game. What game and were you playing? Borderlands Two. Oh, okay. Yeah, I had never played it before, so I was setting it up, and and the next morning came, the next day or whatever, we did some other activities outside, but. Then it was like time to play Borderlands 2 again. All right. And I turn on my Xbox 360 and it says disc won't read. I'm like, no. no. And so we're like, well, let's switch disc and something like that. Disc won't read. It turned out my uh, CD drive on my Xbox 360 stopped working. So oh. our whole awesome weekend of doing this multiplayer thing together was destroyed, essentially. That uh, we sucks. Were, I know I wasn't have, able to do it. It doesn't have like four player local without any system link. Well, then I would have no. had to start all over with my character. I'd already leveled up. I was on like level six. Uh, it you might can, have been possible. You can, do, to, you can do split screen. Yeah, yeah. With it's just what, players, after doing four, it with your two. own screen, it was it was like stepping back. It was like going from color back to black and white TV. Oh yeah, because they don't even really me- modify the actual menus. You just kind of have to like s- scroll them over and make them fit into the screen while you're. You're having it split in half. Oh, yeah. So here's what I did. I even got desperate. I was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to buy the online copy of it, all right? And I'm going to set up my phone as a wireless hotspot for my Xbox 360. <laughs> and um, oh, boy. I connected to it, and it was like five-something gig, right, which blows your data oh. plan out of the water. Yeah, more and, than a little bit. And it wouldn't even do it. It was like my the, it's like the Xbox person said, "No, I'm not even going to download this at this <laughs> speed." So not only had I bought a used disc copy that I couldn't play, I had purchased through my uh, phone a digital copy which I couldn't download. I was trying everything I could to get Borderlands Two running on this daggum <laughs> Xbox 360. So that part of it was a bit of a flop and a bit of a disaster. Man, that's that's rough. 
Yeah, and that game, I don't have a, a real joy for playing that by myself. That was Yeah, that no, was I understand that entirely. I mean, I, I, I like the idea of playing it, and I can definitely get into the the mindset of, of Borderlands 2, but it's just, it's just, same thing with Diablo here. Like, I would, I just don't want to play this game by myself. Like, I'd rather play yeah. it with you guys. There are a lot of similarities with that, between these two games. It's just in the perspective and the storyline, too. But one, you're running around first person and shooting things and looting. And yeah. in your case, you've got that uh, kind of isometric overhead view, uh-huh. and you're running around shooting things and looting. Yeah, Ted, yeah. did you play Gauntlet back in the day? Oh yes, it is. It's a it's a it's a better version of Gauntlet. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking when I started playing it. But like, that's I've, what made Gauntlet so great is playing it with more than one person. Yeah, because I played the PC version of Diablo, and I'm like, eh, this is okay, I guess. But playing no. it with a controller has really enhanced the experience for me. Like, yeah, they really did a fairly good job porting that to uh, to consoles. Yeah. So it really works well, and I think that's sort of how they seem to have designed it. Even at the PC stage, it had a bit of a of a console feel to it. Is what yeah. I was told. And they said they were never going to uh, release it on console too. Whenever they first came out, <laughs> they were a bit, Blizzard was a bit of a liar there. Well, it's been a good thing, though, for them and really for players. So, Yeah, the only thing that I think is worse than the PC version is that you can't focus on specific targets with ranged attacks. I heard you can't see as much on the screen as you want to. I think on the PC version you can have more information. Mm. Yeah, I'm sure, that's, uh, I'm sure that's likely. Yeah, Instead and the, of using that wheel. Plus the old uh, Diablo inventory system is on the PC version, which is like it has like a grid in items fit into the grid slots mm-hmm. but here is just a big stack of numbers you know you have x amount of whatever right right so this is like super easy by comparison yeah it's very workable though i mean it doesn't take away from any enjoyment or any depth no. uh, maybe maybe depth at least for me maybe depth for you isn't as deep but i think the original console release is uh pretty light on difficulty but i've i've been playing the reaper of souls version and i've been able to keep pumping the difficulty up to get better loot and so it's been working for me yeah so if i try to join this little strange diablo 3 party by the time i did you guys would probably be um uh, done with it and moved on to something else but um honestly you could catch up pretty effectively i mean like just if you were to play get the game and then play it then for like an hour or two you should already be at kind of like what level we're at because we're not very far in at all i mean i'm only we're all like level ten right now, which is we killed say, the skeleton king last time, so that's yeah, pa- a pretty good marker for where you should at least know where to go. Oh, oh, treasure dude, kill treasure dude. Oh, kill treasure dude. Yeah, he's exploding gold all over the floor. Yeah, and he'll drop tons of loot if you kill him. See, by yeah. the time I did it, you guys probably thought, "Oh, we're playing Destiny now." No, no, no. <laughs> I have no interest in Destiny whatsoever. I'm interested in the idea of Destiny. I played the the, the beta, but I, and and that was pretty much enough for me. It's just and I, what I you mean, guys are telling me too. I'm sorry to interrupt, but is don't get don't get the Reaper of Souls Ultimate no. Evil Edition. That won't Unless work with you what you guys play it doing with me. With you, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because all of my save game and all of my stuff is on there. Like my level 56 Crusader, you know. All right, so I'll have to go to my used game store and look for a, a disc of it. Okay, I, this is around 20 bucks, I think. Okay. I didn't mean to interrupt you there, uh, Joshua. I don't even know what I was talking about. Destiny? <laughs> you know what? I'm not interested in Destiny because I am I played a lot of Halo, and I, I think I'm done with Halo for now. Well, the thing is, is Halo, Halo is a much more about, like, smart artificial intelligence and... Shooting? You, you, you very carefully shooting and, and balancing and improvising based on what weapons you can find on the ground and um, taking down enemy shields in creative and, and challenging ways... Um, Destiny is much more about just shooting stuff. Um, you just shoot stuff. It looks like Star Wars, and and that's pretty much the whole story. Yeah, the two things I heard most. Yeah, I'm, I know Brian's super excited about Destiny, but the yeah. two things I heard most were Bullet Sponge and Bad AI. Well, and, and that's the thing is that that Halo made the game more interesting with the difficulty. If you chose, or if you chose a higher difficulty, the AI actually got smarter. And ah. And that's and that's what made made Halo great as far as campaign gameplay. Um, so once you once you got to Destiny, and I I'm like, oh, cool! I can change the difficulty on this. So I change the difficulty, and that means that it takes me 20 minutes to to shoot and kill this thing as opposed to 10. 
But you get more loot. Yeah, that's... Uh, because you spend more time killing it. <laughs> See, yeah. I, you know what? Maybe it's just because it's a first-person shooter. Like, I don't know how Borderlands deals with it, but there's really no way to make it more interesting unless you're, like, setting up additional weak points to aim at or having somebody use a rocket launcher while somebody uses a uh, regular assault rifle to shoot things, you know. I, yeah, mean, I mean, there are ways to make it interesting, but I doubt those things are in these uh, kind of FPS RPG hybrids. And I'm sure that some of our listeners are able to, you know, explain these things. And I know that Thomas Henschel is playing it right now, and he's loving it. Um, he, was, he went out there on the, on the midnight, and he, he uh, grabbed it from Best Buy and was among the, uh, the, the, the real gamers. <laughs> <laughs> Who went and got Destiny. None of us poser punks. Yeah, I, midnight what. releases are not my thing. Yeah, I I saw all the people hanging outside the GameStop with their their 3DSs, not talking to one another. <laughs> also, <laughs> never have one for Bayonetta. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I mean, if once once Bayonetta two comes out, they should probably do do it too. But I, I, yeah, I don't I don't know that there's the same kind of like core as there is with something like Destiny. Yeah, well, uh, probably most of the people who buy it would not want to be caught dead actually buying it, so... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah, that, 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 that's actually a, a relatively valid point. I mean, you know, playing as a, a 10-foot-tall witch... Um, <laughs> Although I'm kind of sad I don't live in New York so I can get the Hyrule Warriors scarf. <laughs> I'm not even joking. What? There is literally a scarf they made. And and what's what's the benefit of the scarf? It's just uh, that it's just that it's a high roll scarf. No benefit other than having a cool scarf that no one will recognize. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's that's one of the things that I've realized about like all the uh, the the oh, video game T shirts and and paraphernalia is that like suddenly like even the 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 meme for there was a T shirt for the alpha of. Um, Destiny, it says, the wizard, right now. that wizard came from the moon. Because there was this really, really terrible dot line of dialogue from Peter Dinklage who says that. And it's it's funny, but the only people who are going to get that are other, like, serious gamers. It sounds designed point. to be a meme, and not so much that it's right. part of the game, just because it's part of the game where they wrote bad dialogue or something. No, uh, they actually removed it from the game because it, because people, like, disliked it so much, and it took them out out of the experience, so to speak. He still that, says something though, real similar to that. Oh, really? Do you know what yeah. he says? No, I, I don't remember what he says. And I, and I will say, I really do like that game a lot. Yeah, but yeah. I do admit that it has a whole lot of flaws to it too. I, I, oh, I think, crud! What? I died. Oh well, I died several times. All you got to do is just respawn. I was rolling through poison, and that was a stupid move. <laughs> I was rolling through poison. <laughs> Yes, this conversation does not make sense unless you have video. Yeah. No, so, I mean, Destiny is basically, it is World of Warcraft with Halo, or uh, not Halo, um, Call of Duty. Yeah, Why Call of Duty? MMO stuff. That's, well, because you can turn your brain off to it, and it has really big set pieces. Set pieces? Oh, what the heck? I'm all about the set pieces. Okay. Kill the goblin. I, I really like the game. Treasure goblin. Where'd he go? But the story's terrible to it. Basically, Destiny is Diablo 3. So, why, do you, why do you say that? What is it? What because do you mean the, that? Story, the story's no good, but it has great mechanics. Oh, the story in Diablo? It, it's awful. No, I don't even know if there is a story in this game. Oh, there is, and they spent like millions of dollars on expensive cutscenes, and I'm like, I have no idea what's happening right now. Yay, cutscenes! <laughs> yeah, seriously. It, like, the cutscene <laughs> comes up, and I'm like, please shut up. I want to kill more monsters. Because, yeah. I mean, it really isn't the point, and they even make a point of telling you that the story isn't the point in adventure mode, which is basically really? like a free-form kill-everything-and-get-loot game. Huh. That's the end game of Diablo, which is no story whatsoever. <laughs> It's super bizarre. <laughs> yeah, it's not why you play the game, that's for sure. But it's not ever really had a reputation, right, for being this awesome uh, soul-touching storyline. Yeah, I mean, when you got, like, demons Get everywhere. It. Get it, soul-touching. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, so what have you guys been playing besides Diablo 3? Uh, I've been playing Diablo 3. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Thanks yeah. to you people. So Don't I'll, you blame me for your addictive habits. I'll, I'll go addicted. first. I, I, uh, I'm very excited. Wait, wait, you gotta let me guess. 
Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Ted, Ted, you're, Ted's going to guess, and it's going to be a real, really, really close okay. to something I have played. All right. So you're playing <laughs> this game, right? Where you're like this seagull, right? And your goal is to like try to fly down and like try to eat dead stuff, right? And like the, the more you and like waves are coming in. And the waves actually aren't waves, though. They're, like, made of gelatin, right? So they can sort of wrap <laughs> around you and sort of suck the life out of you. <laughs> this wow. sounds like Josh's perfect game. No, that's, <laughs> that, that's actually much closer to Hato Full Boyfriend, which is very high on my Steam, Steam wish list. Oh, yeah, but the I pigeon have, dating simulator. Yes. Yeah, I'm not going to get too far in, in, into what that is. Uh, it gets but, super creepy when you play that game. Yeah, you play as a teenage girl who's dating teenage pigeons. Yeah, like it starts like a traditional boyfriend simulator, kind of like those visual novels, and then it gets super creepy. Yes, yeah, exactly. Tell us all about the boyfriend simulators you've played. Oh, well, sorry. <laughs> sorry, I'm more well-versed in visual novels. If Pat Gann were here, we'd have... Yeah, probably. Pat, Pat Gann would, would have a heyday with this subject. Yeah. But so, so we'll go with what I actually was playing, which is, which is um, the first game that I've ever tr- started to shoot a uh, Let's Play with. Um, because it's it's not out yet. I actually got the um, Game Church gave me the the uh, early beta for this War of Mine, which is very similar to in concept at least to Valiant Hearts. Um, oh, it's it's dealing with uh, the subject of of very realistic war and the the trials that people are going through around war. Um, it takes place in a very similar setting to something like Serbia. Um, in the in the 1990s, and you're you're playing as people who are just trying to survive, just just trying to get by. They they haven't been able to run away from the war. They have to stay in the city, and there's constant sniper fire, sniper fire, and and shellings. And uh, your main objective is to dig through rubble and find anything that's useful. <laughs> um, I mean that's that's at first, and then of course it turns into kind of a crafting survival game. But it's made by the people who made the Anomaly Anomaly series, Anomaly Earth, Anomaly Korea. Um, I've never played those. What are they? They are uh, inverted tower defense. So you're basically trying to break into a tower with a, with a group of. Um, yeah, the poison, Brian. Yeah, Ouch. Brian, don't don't go rolling in the poison. It's a bad idea. Wait, <laughs> yeah. right. so this game, Josh, it sounds like Call of Duty with some sort of moral. Uh, bent to it huh right it doesn't, right. It it doesn't like, look like it but it doesn't play like it at all it's much more like oh. an adventure game where survival and crafting is is a thing the core tension is that you have a limited amount of time and you, all your guys are either sick or wounded and you're trying to figure out how do i like how do we get enough resources to stay alive and and not not get killed by um the cold uh, or or the uh the the other 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 survivors who are just trying to get by and like it makes you kind of like really aware of of the tension of like all right well the only way for us to get things is to steal um because from other survivors in the city and or, or just go into houses and hope that we can find something and hope that no one lives there um and so that's one tier of the gameplay and the other tier of the gameplay is during the daytime you're just trying to uh build things like just build a bed you can try to build a radio from from random components it sounds kind of weird and strange in that sense but it if, if you've played anything like don't starve or um what are some other good good examples uh like the forest there's actually been a, a great resurgence of great survival games on steam early access lately uh the long dark is actually pretty similar in concept but the difference is that of course in this war of mine it takes place in a very realistic war and um it, it definitely the parallel with Valiant Hearts seems to be there to me because it's not yeah, just a soldier story. It's a sol- it's a story of uh, other people affected by war or involved exactly, in war. Exactly, and that's and that's the main thing is like Valiant Hearts was always at its best when you weren't playing as as Freddy the uh, warmongering American. <laughs> it was it was always at its best when you were playing as Emil the uh, the grant the the French grandpa who's who's just trying to get to his his son in law. His German son-in-law, so he doesn't right. even want to kill Germans. He just wants to. He just wants everyone to sit down and eat cheese and drink wine. But are you allowed to even talk about this game, this war of mine? Yeah, is there? Yeah, like I a- mean, there, there isn't a lot. Of, there, I mean, the, the PR machine on this is is uh, just getting started, and and uh, I've I've been encouraged to go and talk about it as much as possible. So you're the spark plug of the PR machine. No, I'd say Sorry. no. I mean, like, I'm, I'm just, I'm just a, 
I'm just the guy in game shirts. I mean, they gave us they gave us a review copy without much stipulation on on whether or not we can cover it and stuff like that. And Polygon already did the exact same. They gave the same thing to Polygon, so you can go to Polygon.com right now and watch the uh, their video uh, let's play of it, where they just play the the same kind of mission that I'm playing in it. Um, and and it gives you a very clear impression of what the game's actually like. Uh, yeah, I think we've I, I, gone far off point here in terms of Diablo. Oh, I have yeah, no yeah. idea where we're supposed to be. Yeah, I'm trying to talk about uh, about this war of mine, and I've literally no. Oh, I just leveled up randomly. Oh, you guys are all killing things for me. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Firebats rune unlocked. I can I can use dire bats now, and the plague of toads. <laughs> the plague of plague toads. Of toads. <laughs> All right, I better I better try these things out. So, what are you playing? What are you playing, Ted? I have been on a little random tangent of game playing. I purchased a PSP. I think the three thousand model. Oh, good for you, Ted. PSP is awesome. It really is. I I got it from my son who was desperate for cash. So this is a Kingdom's Heart edition of it. I don't know if you can see it on the channel. I don't know if, if you guys are on video or not. But, yeah, um, I can see. I can see. Yeah, video. I can see I'm trying it. to conserve the yeah. uh, video, the amount of data that I'm using at one time. I got you. Do you have Birth by Sleep? Is that why? <sighs> well, it's, he lost it. So I'm trying to find the game and with the little sleeve that originally came in it. But I have the box for it and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And actually, the pricing on this. Is pretty high if you look this up on on uh, eBay or even on Amazon. So, but that's not why I got it. I got it because I I wanted to have this model because it uses discs, unlike that PC PSP oh, Go I bought. So, so you've never had one that uses the UMD discs, right? Right. So I've been experimenting because these games are so cheap nowadays. You can buy some great games for five bucks. And I, I've been kind of on a Lord of the Rings kick with the, my whole Tolkien and Lewis thing. So I bought a game for three dollars called Lord of the Rings Tactics, which is like a turn-based strategy game that takes you through the the uh, book Lord of the Rings, or really the, some scenes from the movie too. But I played all the way through that. I couldn't stop playing it, and I don't know if it's because it was a great game or just because <laughs> I'm kind of a Lord of the Rings uh, nerd, but. <laughs> I mean, that sounds like the only kind of Lord of the Rings game that I'd really want to play because I love tactics games. Yeah, it was it wasn't it wasn't awesome, but it was it was just very compelling. So right now I've got God of War on here too. I think it's something of Sparta or whatever, Chains of Sparta. And that sounds uh, about right. you know, it looks and it sounds pretty good. It doesn't look quite as good as the Vita, but you know, it's a it's a generation earlier. I did just read today that Sony is gonna soon uh, be stopping support of the PSP uh, online in certain regions. Yeah, not in North America yet. Right, right. But yeah. Getting there. So my see the thing about it too is like at my home here, I have a higher security level on my wireless network. I have a WPA. If this means anything to you guys, and the highest that the PSP can work with is a WEP level of security. Uh-huh. So I so can't it screws even get you this. up. Yeah, I had the same problem because I bought a new router and it right. doesn't connect at all. Yeah, I mean, you could set your router for a lower level of security, but do you really want to do that? I don't yeah. know. But uh, Josh, Brian, you were lost. Please come south. Follow me. Okay. So we're, that's part together. I don't feel I don't feel lost. I have Brian by my side. Yeah, usually he's charging in somewhere, but hey, there's nowhere to charge. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, we need might. to back up, I think, and go to the Khazra Den. I have no idea where that is. It's I'm just going to keep throwing my poisonous fro- frogs at everything. I have a plague of frogs. They are plaguing everything. It's fantastic. <laughs> so if you guys have any great PSP games that you recommend, I'm certain. Jean d'Arc. Uh, Patapon. Jean d'Arc is, is by far my favorite. Have you played Jean d'Arc? No. Is that, what kind of style game is that? It's um it is a very strategy similar RPG? to to uh, Valkyria Chronicles. It is a, yeah, it's a strategy RPG with a um a, a revision of of history kind of thing going on. Um, it's a revision of of the Joan of Arc story from uh, like a, like an anime perspective. Um, it's kind of weird that way, but the, the the core gameplay is really really smart. It's turn based strategy um, tactics as as you will. Um, and it's it's very very good at what it does. Um, by far one of my favorite PSP games of all time. 
Yeah, and he made me buy it basically. So <laughs> seems like uh, these these handhelds, you know, even the DS, 3DS, PSP, Vita, all of them, the uh, the turn based strategy or the the RPG really is almost the perfect yeah. type of game for this type yeah. of yeah, system. I, I mean, turn based strategy is is for whatever reason also the best the best genre it seems on on uh, iPad as well. I mean, same same hand, handheld notion. Like right. XCOM, XCOM um, uh, Enemy Enemy uh, Unknown is actually by far my favorite play, way to play it is on iPad, and I did not expect that at all. Uh, That's see. right. You played that originally on a, a, a Mac, I guess. Well, I played it on I, I played it on uh, PS3, PC, okay. and and iPad. And by far my favorite way to play it is on on iPad. Not not for any other reason than the fact that like I can just chill out in bed and. You know, I'll play play a few a, a few turns here and a few turns there, um, and I, I just can't really do that while on a on a PC. You know. Yeah, I could get that. It's just you're you're in more in control of your environment, your your physical environment. Yeah. So, so it, it's more flexible in that way than <laughs> you know just setting up an entire game system or whatever. So yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that's awesome. So Brian, what what are you playing besides Diablo? Uh I've been playing um, Pokemon. I either have X or Y with my son. Oh, cool! So that's something we kind of sit here. I'll pull out the 3DS and we'll sit here and we'll play that in the evening. He likes and, that. Oh, and did lot. Wyatt just start kindergarten? Yeah, he did. That's so awesome. So, so he is the coolest kid in kindergarten because he is already a Poke Master. Uh, he's been playing video games since he was at least three. Yeah, I'm kind of a bad parent. I think um, <laughs> only only when you have him play play Mortal Kombat. Diablo is fine. Yeah, Diablo is fine. <laughs> uh, hey. Yeah. So no, we've been we've been playing the, we've been okay. playing Pokemon, and he plays the game totally different than I do. I kind of plow through it. Yeah. And and he likes to stop and collect everything. Yeah, like 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 yeah, this. like this. Like <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Video games teach you how to be a good kleptomaniac. Yeah, that's very Basically. true. So I've been playing that. Um, I turned on Nino Cooney last night again and uh-huh. kind of started grinding in that again and I don't know not too much lately. I've been looking for a good 3DS game but you yeah. don't like um, Bravely Default, of course. <laughs> I, you know what? I actually did like it a whole lot. Oh, you do? Good, good. Game. Yeah. I put a whole lot of hours into the demo. I had to quit. <laughs> but um Ted, if you play that was Fire my Emblem with, uh, with Fire Emblem, yeah. Hey, uh, somebody just mentioned just the other day, Brian, that they said that I might like that game because I like that Lord of the Rings tactics. Yeah, Fire, Fire Emblem is probably my most favorite the, game. Fire Emblem is the best. Is pretty much the best uh, tactical RPG, uh, at least from Nintendo's perspective, for sure. But um, for me, it was easily one of my top five genre uh, series of all time. Uh, which yeah. Which Fire Emblem would you consider the best one? Me personally, Awakening's my favorite. I haven't actually gotten to play Awakenings just because I don't have a 3DS, and I'm pretty sure that one. I mean, since that's the most recent, I say that that one's easily the uh, probably the best. And uh, um, I guess I'm talking about the English releases too, because there's a bunch. Yeah, of Yeah, I'm, I'm not. I haven't been able to play all the Japanese ones just because so much of Fire Emblem is like about the, char- the intercharacter relationships. The writing is surprisingly good. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. they're all translated at this point. So, okay, by yeah, sh- you know random people on the internet. So yeah, and that, if that's you were not curious. Always, yeah, that's not a, that's not exactly reassuring to me. Um, but <laughs> no. yeah, no, Brian, Brian is is absolutely right. Fire Emblem is is by far. If you're going to play any strategy RPG ever, Fire Emblem should be the only one. Uh, what? It's, what? It's it. Yeah. Not Final Fantasy Tactics. No, no. not Final oh, Fantasy Tactics is boring by comparison. Like it's what? so boring. It's so slow. That's the thing. Like Final Fantasy Tactics is great for depth. But it, it's, it's so slow. Well, That's why it's slow. <laughs> yeah, but like just taking a turn, the animation, like it takes like twenty seconds to take a single turn in the game. Like in you Fire Emblem, play, I can turn off. Well, you can buy Final Fantasy Tactics for the PSP, and it's like ten dollars on Amazon. So, no, I would not buy it. Well, I think I might give this Fire Emblem a try since I enjoyed that Lord of the Rings tactics. Because I have a feeling that Lord of the Rings tactics is really just trying to mirror or mimic a better game. It's probably a pretty bad game. (laughs) (laughs) But I still enjoyed it. I don't care. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, you can enjoy any kind of game. It really doesn't matter. That's all that matters, ultimately. Absolutely. 
I'd send you my copy, Ted, but I I got a digital on my 3ds. Oh yeah, just email it to me. <laughs> yeah, I'll, let me email it to you. <laughs> let me let me try that. We'll see how that works. My one is... day we'll be able to share games digitally. Considering digital will be the only form, of, uh, only existing form of games as it as it currently is with indie games. My inventory is full. I think that day is coming. Yes, I'm just surprised that that's not what happened with this current this current PS4 Xbox One generation. And I mean, like that seemed to be what what. Microsoft wanted to do, and everyone's like, no, no, we want our used games. Uh, I think it's mostly because there's really not enough internet speeds throughout most of the continental U.S. They're just not fast enough yet. Yeah, that makes sense. And yeah. You know, the companies must know this. I mean... Well, it's it's partially that, but it's also the outcry. Like, like Microsoft had their plan all set, and they were like, this is what we're going to do. We're going to create a very digital-oriented environment for games. And yes, it's not going to be friendly for, for um, used game users, but that, is that, is, it, there's a benefit to this. And because of the outcry, Microsoft said, no, well, we're going to change this. We're not going to do that anymore. Yeah, I've got two perspectives on that. One is, yeah, they listened to the consumers, but in a way, the world really is going like that. For example... I uh, I have a downloaded game on my uh, 360. I can't remember. Oh, uh, Forza Horizons, right? It's a great uh-huh. game, great driving game. And more than once, I was thinking, well, maybe I'll play another game, but i got to get up and put a disc in there. But look, man, there's Forza Horizon just sitting there on my hard drive. And you just – it's just – you get – I got more used to the concept of a digital download because, oh, I didn't want it to get up four steps and put a disc in my, my uh, game <laughs> system. But, you know, it's just the fact that it's instant, instantly available once you've downloaded it and, and purchased it. And they even had a system, I think, of even borrowing or loaning a game to somebody. So and it's going to happen, though. There's no way it's going to be avoided in the, in the future. But it's, yeah. it's going to be held off one more generation. And I was surprised because, you know, I like to collect old games, right? Yeah, absolutely. But it's sort of, it's just the way the world is going. And I guess one day maybe people will collect digital libraries of games legally. Yeah. yeah. Well, I backed up all my PSP games onto my computer, so just in case the disk drive dies. Right. PSP, you said? Yeah. That's a great idea. And is that a, through a hack or anything like that, or is that just through uh, regular... I have- custom firmware installed on my uh-huh. PSP uh-huh. so basically I ripped the discs right off the uh, hard drive uh, right off the disk drive uh-huh into, like the, you would, into the PC you know, kind of like you would copy a, a CD-ROM onto your PC that sort of thing right so I have For my own legal backup copy gotcha yeah. plus I can play games that people have translated with patches and whatever right yeah so that makes it super helpful like I bought Final Fantasy Type-0 and I, it's not in English, obviously. So I am looking forward to actually playing it at some point in the future. And emulation. Emulation. PSP emulation is super good now. So that made me happy. Is that good now? By emulation, does that mean on a different device other than a PSP? Or is it a yeah. PSP emulating itself? No, it's uh, on the PC. Hmm. Like if you have a graphics card that's powerful enough, you can actually uh, basically play games with dual analog stick controls instead of the... You know, little, little nubby thing, kind of makeshift nubs they yeah. are using, which isn't bad, but you know, it's yeah. it is what it is. Certain games were definitely not designed with it yeah. in mind. I will say this too: this particular model, I think the three thousand model, is is very slippery, and I have dropped it twice since I've owned it. <laughs> oh. So I don't know; it just doesn't seem to have any real grip or anything like that. Where other game systems. It just seemed to be molded in a different way. You know what? It might be the PSP you have. Because mine has like a, you know, like a not a, it's a smooth feel, but like sort of corrugated, so it kind of just stays on your hands. It must be this model then, because this thing is, is just like holding on to an ice cube sometimes. <laughs> or I'm going to play my PSP soap. <laughs> 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 Uh, can we teleport back to town? Because like my inventory is full. Yeah, I'm actually trying to m- balance my inventory right now because there's other things on the ground. I'm like, this looks like this could be useful. 
Hey, uh, Joshua, remember we were talking about on the cross and the thief on the cross? So yeah, 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 yeah. I got out my Greek New Testament and just uh, looked up the, the word, which is semeron, which is the word that this day means mm-hmm. or, or is translated. And uh, I think there is some point to some questions on how it's translated because it can mean this very day uh, or it can say what has happened today. Huh. So, so Jesus says to the thief, you know, uh, this very day, right now, you'll be with with me in paradise. Or he can say, he is saying, what has happened because of what has happened today, you'll be with me in paradise. So, yeah. there is a scholarly reason for there to be some some question. It was I was thinking that people were just looking at it in English and go, oh, if we could just move that comma, you know. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, so. no, and that, and that and that's actually a really a, a much better. A much more structured and, and sound way of, of defending it. Um, yeah, I'm gonna just teleport to town because I think that, that would be most beneficial at this point in time. Teleport to town. I wish I, I could do that. Real life. That would make my commute so much better. Actually, you know what? I am glad that I can't teleport. You know why? I'm glad yeah. I can't. Why for you? Because that means that I get to, I have an hour to and fro work that I get to listen to podcasts. I get to listen to your guys' beautiful voices. Josh, if you're listening to this as you're driving to work, we love you. Hey, I need this. I need this. It's going to be a great day today, Josh. Feel good about yourself. (laughs) Everything will be just fine. Because of what has happened today or this day, it's going to be a great day. This day, this blank day. <laughs> you are very important. Insert name here. <laughs> Your name is you're very important to us. Josh. <laughs> exactly. That's that's the kind of thing that I need to hear, you know, on my commute um all the time considering, you know, there's just so many wonderful people that are here on the podcast. That can say wonderful things about me in particular. Hey, wait, wait, Josh, <laughs> you need to give yourself a message. Oh, uh, yes. So, Josh, remember to actually uh, not forget your wallet today. Um, <laughs> I know that you've been doing that a lot lately. And uh, just try to keep everything, you know, make sure you do, do the butt check, you know, the one tap okay. just to make sure it's there. Um, otherwise, you know, check. yeah. What the heck? Okay, so I went to the blacksmith. <laughs> I'm making gear for myself. Uh-huh. He makes gear that has no stats that I want on it. Nope. It makes no sense. Why? I don't want dexterity. I'm a wizard. Harry. Oh, yes, and future Josh, you really probably shouldn't have said that to your wife in that way. And I really think that maybe you should think about apologizing to her right now. Yeah. <laughs> Pick up the phone. <laughs> make you the call, Josh. Make the call, future Josh. You can't avoid it forever. Hey guys, I really appreciate you talking to future me because I know that future me is not going to be that much smarter than present day me. Um, and uh, I am—I I have a tendency to be dumb. I'll tell you what. If we could have future you call in to now, that would probably be more helpful. Yeah, that would be even better. That would be way better. So, uh, Zach, what are you playing besides Diablo right now? A Diablo. Oh, yeah, just Diablo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, that's, that's mostly all Diablo and Diablo Reaper of Souls Edition. So you're playing Diablo when you're not playing Diablo. I am in the expansion, so that's basically where I am. So I'm playing the old version right now, but I actually have the new version, just because of you guys. Because I like you all so much. <laughs> So the basically all I've been doing to make the game challenging in any way, shape, or form is just keep upping the difficulty every time they give me the chance. So right now I'm on master, which I guess is three above normal. And hey, does your uh, does your game save transfer over if you go to that newer version one you got that Reaper version? No, no, nothing crosses over at all. Nothing? No. Oh. So I have like 500k gold in the bank, and I have like all the things, and just use any of it because <laughs> i heard that uh, you know i played it on the xbox 360 and if i get it for the xbox one that my character save will transfer over into the the yeah. new xbox one game which has those extra but they don't cross over i don't think well that would be a bummer for you but 
You know what? That's that's how these guys go. They're like, no, buy the older thing. And like, why is everything in this town? Nobody sells anything with intelligence on it. I, I don't like this. This version of the game, I do not like. The the original version of the game, you mean? There's like things that are diff- completely different about it. Actually, like huh. they had like f- they changed a lot of like subtle things. Nothing like big or anything like. The yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like it's it's just like a, a fighting games improvement, you know, like a, a, a expansion is. It's just going to be tighter and better balanced and. Yeah, like usually the blacksmith makes things that are actually useful for you, but here he doesn't make anything useful for you. <laughs> like you'll get a random stat, and it won't even be anything related to your character. Because I just wasted a bunch of crafting material doing this. Trying to make a helmet that I can actually use, but nope. Does not like me. Yeah, I don't even understand the, the blacksmith myself yet, just because I'm trying to just trying to figure out what... I mean, I'm talking, talking to you guys while I'm playing the game, so I can't exactly say I'm playing the game intelligently. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh. Though I do have 10,000 gold, so I, I assume that's what they want me to do. Oh, I wanted to just say one last thing, too. Uh, if you guys remember that today is September 11th, which here in the United States oh. is definitely a day that has a lot of a lot of yeah. uh, feelings toward it, yeah. too. And uh, thinking about heaven and death and dying, that was a day, is it 14 years ago, I guess? Um, no, 13. 13 yeah. years ago, um, where a lot of people were thinking and talking about uh, heaven and hell and death and dying. Yeah. I know church attendance spiked through the roof on those following weeks. So, yeah. so I got a, I bought a brand new American flag. Looks beautiful. Got it hanging out in the front of my uh, my house. Yeah, America. Yeah, and the world too. You know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. it was kind of a worldwide event. I mean, America yeah. was getting attacked. That sort of thing. And there's there's been obviously uh, things like there's stuff going on still in the world. Uh, it's uh, it's one of those things too where uh, you really. You pray in the Lord's Prayer, you know, let your kingdom come, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's like, and that's, yeah. That's key is the on earth as it is in heaven. <laughs> yeah. So I really look forward to that day when uh, then when he is the uh, triumphant returning king and sets this world right, you know, brings yeah. peace to it finally. So that's my end times. That's my uh, afterlife. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I just know I just want to. I, I do. I'm going to sound maybe goofy spiritual here, but I, I just want to see them. You know, I, I want to. That that to me is what it all comes down to is uh, to be able to to know that one day I'm going to see his face. I'm going to be able to. I just dropped my cell phone. I was so excited there. Um, <laughs> just to to be able to to touch touch his hands. To I don't know. Just you're like Thomas. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's a, and then I'll finally believe. No, um, it's just you know. I mean, he, it's all about Jesus, man. It really is. And yeah. he he gave me so much life that I just really can't wait to to thank him face to face. Yeah, that's a much cooler way to think of the afterlife than like, oh, good thing I get to heaven when I die. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Or or yeah, I can't wait for him to. To tell me how awesome I am. <laughs> yeah, when I get up there. Yeah, hey, wow, we really needed you up here in heaven, so thanks we're, for we're, we're the, pop, the popular concept of heaven, which is uh, the, the uh, we're just going to have to sing 10,000 versions of Here As I Am, or, <laughs> <laughs> or something along those lines. Well, but, I yeah. can only imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wait, I wait, wait. Wait, I, I can't imagine because I'm singing it to you now, Lord. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so, in the 80s there was a song called Thank You for Giving to the Lord I don't know if you ever heard that song it was really popular in churches and Christian radio uh-huh. I, I can't remember the name of the guy that wrote it but it said thank you for giving to the Lord I'm a life that was was changed and it's a song of this guy who's in heaven and people keep coming up to him and saying thank you for what you did because of what you did you know I'm here as well you know? Wait, did we lose Brian? I'm, I'm, not friends. I'm just I'm just getting ready to wrap up. You guys are good. Oh yeah, okay. yeah. I think we're I think we're re- reaching our uh, our closing time here. Yeah, because so, I can't uh, even find out where I'm supposed to be going. Yeah. Just wandering around for an hour. I'm not sure yeah. I want to play with you guys. You guys basically <laughs> playing solo. I don't know where I am. Where I'm, am I'm, I li- I'm literally just trying to follow the other players, and they don't know where they're going. So where is the Kazra den? I don't know. 
This map is so big. All right. All right. That that is that is. I'm gonna call it, guys. I'm gonna call it. It's dead. It's dying. Yeah. You know it's what? Gonna go, it's gonna go to heaven. Of course, so, the bad part is when we restart this, the whole map will be reset and we'll be lost, just as lost as we were the last time. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's gonna happen. That's okay. So uh, thank you guys so much for tuning into the show. Um, this has been uh, the Theology Gaming Podcast. If you'd like it, um, then uh, you know just go and tell all your friends and uh, give us some ratings and stuff. It's always good. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so if you want any more news, you can always find us on theologygaming.com. And that's it. Anything else, Zach? Mm, not that I can think of. I can't think of. What is that? A cat meowing? Yeah, my, my, my cat's saying goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> goodbye, cat. Goodbye. Yeah, goodbye, cat. <laughs> uh, Josh, awesome. in the future, don't forget to feed your cat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Love you guys. Yep. Bye. Love you guys. Bye-bye. Bye bye. <laughs> bye. Yeah. <laughs>